Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Mary. We're two best friends who've known each other since we were five. Now we're 30, and we are thirsty for information. And hungry for knowledge. Join us every week as we explore two topics. Everything from organs to orgies, and so much more. Subscribe to our podcast to learn along with us. We promise we'll have a good time. Hey, Mary. Hey, Lauren. I don't like this version of us. What you doing? (laughs) I'm just sitting here recording this podcast with you. Great. It's not like I'm up to something. Like, I'm clearly doing this. We shouldn't ask each other that anymore. Um, I know. Well, we never ask each other that. It's normally, how are you doing? Which is a more reasonable question. That's true. Who are you? Nope. That we know as well. What are you? Interesting. I'm a small octopus trapped in a human body. What about you? (laughs) I'm a piece of blubber. (laughs) So cute. Cool. Now that we've established that. So today, (laughs) we are discussing sleepwear and Siberia. Mm. I wanted to look up sleepwear which i was calling pajamas but that's yeah. not super accurate anymore that's um, like a really fancy term for pjs <laughs> but i was like why do we have separate clothes for sleeping this seems like the stupidest thing ever especially because a lot of the clothes i personally wear to bed are just like old t-shirts and old shorts yeah yeah they, i would mine are like loungewear whereas mm-hmm. like it's like pjs should be like like, are sometimes intimates, right? Right, yes. Sleepwear and intimates. Yes, intimates like matching silk pajim jams. And it's like, no. <laughs> Not comfortable. You know, you know what I hate sleeping in? Lace. Well, I've never I've never done Pure, it. Pure, just um. a lace <laughs> bodysuit. <laughs> that sounds awful. Um, a long nightgown. <laughs> I feel like I get trapped in there. Like, my body is, like, in this cocoon where i just can't I'm, i just feel trapped and like stuck and i can't flip around and move my body you were in a nightgown years ago because mary the experience burned me on nightgowns really yeah well, or like maybe i maybe it wasn't a nightgown or something maybe it was like a like a bed dress or like a, a chemise or something i don't know i don't know what it was probably just like a long item i found in like my mom's drawer when i was <laughs> over there for thanksgiving or some shit um <laughs> And I was like, ah, 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 I'm trapped. <laughs> but it's supposed to be like freeing, like, woo, no pants. Right. But it, but then it's like, there's too much fabric around my legs. I'm getting, yeah. I'm too hot. I'm bothered. I don't understand. And then it's like, <laughs> if you wear a short one, then it's like, I don't wear underwear to bed. And then it's like, whoa, this is a little much like, I'm just like whipping my hoo-ha around at people. That's even scandalous. Though, <laughs> even though nobody's watching me sleep. Have you had any similar experience with pajamas trying to choke you to death? <laughs> I um I'm, I understand what you're saying because if a t-shirt is like a little too big, you get trapped in the t-shirt. You get too. trapped. It's a lot of fabric and it's it's not good for sleeping. But if it's too tight, bad too. Then also you can't breathe. Conducive. You can't move around. It's sweat-tastic. You get stuck to it. And my my pleather PJs, my <laughs> pleather gym jams don't do it for me either. They don't. <laughs> Fun to look at, completely impractical to sleep in. <laughs> I'm picturing the Britney Spears like red jumpsuit. Oh, that like plastic red jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, that's what I wear to bed as well. Um, you know, sleepovers growing up, it would be like, <laughs> okay, everybody pick a color of leather. <laughs> and the more zippers, the better, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> I want to hear <laughs> all night <laughs> as your pleather slides up against the sleeping bag. <laughs> like a bunch of like 10-year-olds. <laughs> the mom comes downstairs to check on them is like, just gonna go back upstairs everyone's like give me give me more give me more (laughs) the mom's like i'm parenting right i'm parenting right (laughs) all right anyways back to sleepwear okay so let's get into it um my definition of sleepwear clothes you sleep in uh great great so mary take a guess where did pajamas originate just take a guess in the world who came up with gym jams um texans mm, i love the concept but no <laughs> um they originated in india which i never uh, would have guessed that's a good and one. pajamas comes from pajamas or pajamas uh from the hindu word for leg garment so they um, were just just the legs pants? Yes, they were traditionally loose trousers with a drawstring waistband worn during the day. Okay, wow. Well, you're going to have to wow. take me through how this became a night thing. Oh my God, Mary. That's literally the only research I did. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, so pajim jams as we know them. <laughs> we're really leaning into this. Um, didn't exist until the British... Uh, from the East India Company came through in 1757 and adopted them. Then the English made them like a popular form of loungewear. Um, just a fun fact, for a time they were known as mogul's breeches, which stems from like mogul India, but I just like it because sometimes we pretend we're business moguls. And we used to have business sleepovers, so this makes we sense. We did used to have business sleepovers. Um, More on I- that later. Yes, actually, there are several companies currently, side note, that, like, there's a company called Bammies, and those are business jammies. <laughs> and it's like, where were they when we invented the business sleepover? Uh, it's basically business clothes made from pajama fabrics. What a concept. So back to the history of pajamas. In the Victorian era, so, like, 1870s, uh, it became, pajamas became used for sleeping uh they and they also then became associated with both bottoms and tops um so not just the pants but also some shirts this is not even Um, nightgown we're not even nightgown territory yet nightgowns are kind of happening simultaneously nightgowns for ladies pajamas for jams for men got it um and pretty much like before the 1800s and stuff people really just wore their undergarments to bed um, you know, and then 1920s, we get fashion. Women taking control of their sexuality. We start adding lace, adornments, bows, like not just boxy shapes, like form-fitting, sexy time, chemises, all of that. But basically, yeah, at the same time, we have 
nightgowns, night shirt, like long men have night shirts, which are basically nightgowns just for men. I don't know why we call them different things. It's just <laughs> a long, a long sack you wear to bed. And then I had a question: What's up with nightcaps? <laughs> Yeah, what you know, you... sometimes you see like old British people wearing their like wee willy winky Saint long Santa hats with like cotton balls at the end or something. Um, and those served a purpose. Uh, keep it in the dreams. Keep, keep those dreams in your head or the Sandman will come and <laughs> rip them out of you, violently breaking <laughs> open your brain. Um, the bedrooms were not heated during that time. So okay, it so it's just warm. More clothes. <laughs> it's just more clothes because apparently if you slept underneath the covers, you couldn't breathe so good, which I found to be true. Um, <laughs> so some people have little caps. Um, it would also, like, the smaller, you know, do you ever see, like, the little tuffets on the ladies' heads? Yeah. Those weird poofs? Okay. Well, that would, like, also preserve the ladies' hairstyles because they would only do their hair a couple times a week and they... Because, I mean, let's be honest, why bother doing it more? And so they would use that. And then also if they had an early morning meeting, it was, like, acceptable to wear that in the garden or to tea or something. Oh. I don't know why. That's fine. And then, like, we see it now in African-American culture with, like, a lot of people with textured hair and stuff continuing to wear nightcaps and whatnot to protect their braids and twists and stuff we see bonnets with the amish but i don't know what if they wear them to bed or not (laughs) so here are some uh some fun facts uh in the u.s pajamas for children have to comply with fire safety regulations no way yep Uh, if they're made from flammable fabric they have to be tight fitting and then if it's loose fitting pajamas for kids they have to be treated with fire retardant (gasps) i had no idea in the UK, they're not as strict there. So if there are pajamas that don't comply with like their fire safety standards, they just label them. Keep away from fire. Like you're just going to throw your kid in the fire or something. I don't know. Why don't we all have flame retardant clothing all the time? That's a great question. You never know when a, f- a fireball is going to fly through the air. Snag think, on your jeans. I think number one, mm-hmm. um, because it's like we don't want to get in the way of teaching people stop, drop, and roll. Okay. The, okay. You know, where would any of us be without that? And <laughs> number two, I think the threat of it, fire is not that great for most people. Okay. If you say so. I you mean, listen. be eating your words. I probably will be. In a few days be, time. And I hope they taste good. <laughs> um, so some more fun facts about pajamas. In there is a part of the United Arab Emirates where government workers are banned from wearing pajamas to work. In 2010, uh, there's one Tesco, a UK supermarket, that just banned people from wearing pajamas to their store. I don't know why you're not allowed to shop in your, like, I think that's fine. That's fine. You wore pajamas on a hike once. Okay, that's fair. But at the time, I did not know that they were intended to be pajamas. Oh, no shade, Lauren. I'm just saying pajamas <laughs> They're versatile. All right. So in 2012, a Dublin branch for the government's Department of Social Protection said pajamas are not appropriate attire for clients attending the office for welfare services, which I feel like is rude because maybe they can't afford much more and like maybe their schedules are crazy and that's the only time they can get there and that's wild. Um, And then these days in 2020, 
an Illinois district said PJs should not be worn while studying remotely, and students have to follow the same dress code as they normally would at school, which is also bullshit. That's complete bullshit. How would they even know? They wouldn't know, and also, like, you can still learn the same amount. It's not like, those clothes are really affecting their brains. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're not. If anything, they're just safer. Another thing I did want to bring up um, (laughs) was bananas (laughs) in pajamas. (laughs) They're coming down the stairs? Uh, they're coming down the stairs. The children's program. I don't even know what network that aired on. Um, Me neither. But I, was, I looked it up because I was like, I forget. When I Googled pajamas, they just showed up. And I was like, bananas in pajamas. Let me look that up. You know that their names were B1 and B2? <laughs> they were these fucking stupid ass Australian ass bananas that the like, creators couldn't even bother to give names. And all their friends on the show have real names. There's like Lulu, so and so, Morgan, or something. Rude. And but the actual bananas are just B one and B two. <laughs> Anyways, that's pajamas. You're welcome. You're so welcome. All right. Okay. Shall we take a break? Let's do it. And we're back. We're back, baby. And today we are going to another totally different topic that has nothing to do with pajamas, Siberia. Well, you definitely need pajamas in Siberia. Oh, you need like really warm ones. You need the cap. You need mm-hmm. socks. Mm. You need and maybe some fleece yeah. or flannel. Like a whole, like five pajamas. Five layers or five different pieces? Five nightgowns and five pants okay good thank you why siberia (laughs) so siberia is an anomaly to me i was like what what happens there does anything happen there you know i'm ignorant to siberia so i thought i'd look it up okay so today our goal is to become less ignorant about siberia (laughs) okay okay are you gonna walk us through all the internment camps yeah so great (laughs) no i won't so today we're gonna do some fast facts about the region of siberia we're gonna learn about a cool lake a cool railway the gulag and the story of one diamond mind and it's just stories i thought were cool about siberia is the theme okay okay tell me tell me your stories siberia is a region in russia Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did. <laughs> um, so it I'm not, encompasses... as, I'm not as ignorant as you. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I thought it was on another planet, huh? <laughs> okay. So Sib- Siberia encompasses the Siberian Federal District and the Far Eastern Federal District. So it's just like a massive piece of land. And it's changed a bunch of times in terms of like the border so don't ask me where it is anymore stop but mary 30 million people where is it (laughs) 30 million people live there which is a lot of people okay think about a lot of people who volunteer maybe who live there we won't go into what's voluntary (laughs) exactly not if you're not going to talk about the labor camps (laughs) exactly so um siberia makes up 
about 77% of Russia's total territory and 9% of Earth's land surface. Wow. This thing is 5 million square miles. Yeah. Jesus. Can you guess uh, the biomes (laughs) that make up Siberia? I'm going to go with tundra. Yeah. Um, Tundra and taiga. What's Um, taiga? It's a cool. Is that a rapper? Maybe. It's also a cool way to say tiger. Oh, okay. Look at um, that big old tiger over there at the zoo. Tiger's the same kind of, like, like coniferous trees. I don't know the exact qualifications, but... Have you heard of that before? Yeah. What? Tiger. The sometimes swampy coniferous forests of high northern latitudes. I have never heard of that. So now you know. Sometimes I heard swampy. of it and wasn't listening. So okay. less seems less cold than tundra. All right. Or we less like snowy. Um, a lot of cool animals in Siberia. We got our Siberian tiger, which is the... By the way, tigers are the largest cat species in the world. And the and Siberian tigers are the biggest <laughs> tigers. So that's why that's pretty it's cool. It's called taiga. <laughs> Tigas and taiga. Um, wow. They're also... They're actually called... Amur tigers, A-M-U-R. So if you ever hear that, it's the same thing. Um, Males can weigh up to 660 pounds. (laughs) Boys. And be 10 feet long. Wow. That's kind of long and (laughs) scaly. Did you... So are we pivoting from Siberia just to tigers? To mammals. (laughs) (laughs) You'll also find your polar bears, your crazy gray wolves, snow leopards... Bunch of weasels and wolverines and badgers. Okay. Just want to put okay. you in. I want to put you in Siberia a little bit. It gets pretty cold in Siberia. Shut up. <laughs> the. Okay. This is kind of interesting. There's an actual like contest for the pole of cold. P-O-L-E. Pole of cold. The coldest recorded temperatures. So mm. cities are like. No, I'm the coldest. I'm the coldest. I'm the coldest. But so you gotta you gotta really embrace it if that's your life. I know. There's a town called Verkoyansk, Verkoyansk, which has both the hottest and coldest temperatures ever recorded. So the oh. highest was 100 degrees Fahrenheit, and the lowest was negative 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Gee, wait, <laughs> holy shit! What a gap. There's a cool lake there. It is beautiful. You have to look at it. Maybe we'll put it on our Instagram. What's it called? It's called Lake Baikal. B-A-I. Oh, I've heard of this. You can go visit. Um, It's the deepest lake in the world. The maximum depth is 5,300 feet. Um, It is the world's oldest lake. Guess how old? Guess how old? Mm, 1.2 million years. 25 to 30 million years. Okay. Well, I had no, I had no, uh, no concept of time, no no concept of time and no real touchstone at all. You are canceled. Mm -mm. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, but it was created by the deepest continental rift on earth, which keeps opening and opening and opening every year. It says it opens like two centimeters every year. It is. Anyway, you should look it up. It's really cool. There's, you can actually go, uh, I didn't know this existed, but there is a legal ice road. What? 
Wow. Where you could drive your car to a remote island in the middle of the lake. Whoa. So is it's it, like, It's not always an ice road. No. It's only in the winter. You have to monitor it. So, you know, it's like, now it's safe. Now it's not. Oh, my God. I got to I gotta be honest with you. I would never take that risk. I know, like, what if it melts and you're just stuck on the island? What do you mean? What if you're caught? What if it... <laughs> What if you die? <laughs> you plunge to the deepest My depths of My fear is not being stuck on the island. My fear is dying in the in car, car in the ice in the lake in Russia. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to uncover there. But I agree. Okay. Well, that's a lot for you to overlook. <laughs> like, oh, man, now we can't get back. <laughs> <laughs> like, th- there are things to do on the island, Mary. You could take a boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There, like, you have phones, you can communicate to someone to come pick you up <laughs> via helicopter or whatever. You can get the Coast Guard involved. Like, there are ways out. This is true. Have you heard of the Trans-Siberian Railway? I have. So, did you know it's still being built? I thought that Wait, was crazy. it's not done? It's still expanding. And they're connecting into Mongolia, China, and North Korea. Oh, are they... A- allowed to connect to north korea i don't know but i'm not asking any questions yeah you don't want to you don't want to get in trouble Um, you don't want to have to go to siberia for that no 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 so there's a network of railways that connects moscow with the russian far east which is an actual term for an area the far east did you know that i thought it was just an old school term but it's an actual place Okay, so it's the Trans-Siberian Railway is, it's 5,000 miles long. Okay. And it spans eight time zones. That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay, let's get to, you know, what you really want to know about labor camps. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And just being exiled to Siberia. Like, what is that like? That's nuts to me. It sounds like a wonderful paradise so far. <laughs> so the Gulag is mm-hmm. actually properly, it's uh, an acronym for the government agency in charge of the Soviet network of forced labor camps. And mm. those were, so it's not like a place or anything. It's the agency. Right. Um, it's set up by the Order of Lenin. The Order of the Phoenix. The Order of the Phoenix. So Dumbledore is like, you know, taking over. Dumbledore is has really gone to the far right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it reached its peak with Stalin's rule um, mm. from the 30s to the 50s. But so this is why I was a little confused, because you can actually use the word gulag to refer to all forced labor camps that existed in the Soviet Union. Okay. But we're talking about the actual gulag. Um, It was an instrument of political repression in the Soviet Union. So any kind of convict or petty criminal uh, or political prisoner who really didn't get, uh, they didn't go through trial process. Right. It's just like, bye. Yeah, they were like, bye, you're going to these camps. So that really so because it sucked because crimes at the time were like jokes about the soviet government so yeah, you're like it's really not good stuff not good stuff 
pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. In the labor camps, people were worked to death. Um, right. Um, 18 million people passed through the camps between 1918 and 1960. Oof, that's so many people. I know. So now if you go, a lot of mining towns that exist now were once labor camps. Right. Um, are there still labor camps there today? Um, I didn't look into that. I think there are. I think there are. Pretty cool. Pretty fucked up. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, but like, also, like, what is a mine if not a different form of a labor camp? Right. No one's like, I love to work in the mines. It's been my dream to be a miner my whole life. I can't it was, wait. It was, wasn't even, I don't even know if they were mining. They were like building shit that oh. maybe Yeah, mining. it's a cover for like nuclear development. <laughs> maybe. We don't know. So let's talk about this diamond mine. Oh, yeah. Now where I'm interested again. Diamonds. Uh, the Mir mine, I'm just going to call it that, M-I-R. Mm. Uh, was developed in 1957, and it's um, open pit mining. Wait, I'm sorry. What does what? Right. So it's when you have like literally a gaping hole from the surface, and you go in and you extract extract the minerals from the earth from an open air pit. And the okay. difference is, okay, that's illegal now. They have to Why? be underground mines. I don't know. Now Sounds like it's a lot easier. <laughs> I know. Like, now you're, like, tunneling deep into the earth. So, I don't know. I got it. Open pit mining mm. is one of the most dangerous sectors in the industrial world. It was oh. really bad for the health of the miners and to mm. the land. Oh. Wait, so how are they still doing this? Russia has no rules, I guess. They aren't doing it. It stopped in 2001. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, recent. Okay. Yeah, pretty recent. So... It was an open pit at one point. It was super successful. In the 60s, they're producing 4,500 pounds of diamonds a year. My God. Did anybody try to rob them? Mm. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. I guess it's so cold out there. It's like, I'd rather just try and break into a bank. (laughs) (laughs) It's warm in there. 20%, 20% of those diamonds produced were of gem quality. So... That's the other thing. If you get a big rock from the diamond mine, you don't even know if it's going to be, like, mm. worthy. Is 20% like a good ratio yeah, or yeah. a bad one? Apparently oh, it is. It's okay. Good. I was like, that sounds pretty sh- bad. <laughs> but I guess that's pretty good. I think it's pretty okay. good. All so, right. you, so, you know De Beers. Oh, De Beers. <laughs> Not De when Bears. When you go to the bar and you get a beer. Exactly. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Okay, I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> the De Beers Diamond Company. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I'm talking, we're back in the 60s here. Oh, 60s yeah. and 70s. They led, basically they controlled dis- distribution of most of the world's diamonds. Really? Yeah. And hmm. it was probably at that point where the engagement ring started becoming a thing. Wait, they weren't that? a thing before then? No, like De Beers made it a thing. It was like a big marketing ploy. Diamonds. Oh wow! Like give you give your woman a diamond to show her you love her. The bigger the better. Like that kind of stuff. Right, and everyone was like, "There's no other way to show her. <laughs> I must go buy this diamond." <laughs> exactly. If you look up De Beers, 
on Netflix. There's a few good little uh, little gems, if I may. Oh, you may. <laughs> uh, yeah, about the diamond industry. Oh, okay. So De Beers was like, shit, this mine <laughs> is doing super well. We need to buy Soviet diamonds to control the market. Mm. So they had a little ploy. They wanted to go see, you know, kind of how it was being done over there in the Mir mine. So in the 70s, De Beers requested permission to visit the mine. And the De Beers executive and like geologists and whoever, they came to Moscow in 1976. But the Russians were like, "Uh, we can't let them know too much. So they delayed their observation of the mine by days and days and days so that their visa would run out before they could explore the mines. Oh, that's so clever and nefarious. Yeah, it is. So they had like meetings and banquets and all this stuff. Oh, my God. And right when their visa. hilarious. I know. Right when their visas were about to expire, they were like, "We ha- like, what are you doing? We have to go." So they got to go, but only oh, they for did. yeah, only for twenty minutes. Oh <laughs> wow! But what they found out was that um, the Soviets didn't use water during the ore processing, which I don't know what that means. But the I reason was that the water would freeze; it's so cold. So they mm. used dry crushing. So they basically learned like Whatever a that means. a new method. Um, so De Beers just got stronger. Oh my goodness, De Beers. And that, that pit still exists, but instead of open pit mining, it's an underground mine. Well, they just put some floorboards over it? Yeah, they're like, oh, it's closed. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's Siberia. Just the tip of the iceberg of Siberia. Ooh, wonderful, Mary. Thank you so much for that. You welcome Queen Elizabeth II. Mm, it is I. How do you feel about Meghan Markle's comments to Oprah? I'm so pleased she finally exposed this family for the racist and colon- colonist colonialization. I'm so old I don't remember the words. It's okay, you're excused. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that was an exclusive interview <laughs> with Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> okay, that came out of left field. I would like to say something else. Okay. <laughs> Please. We have as much airtime as the Queen might need. I've been held hostage here for 13, <laughs> 13 years. From That's it? Only the, only the past 13 have been hostage. Okay. And... Okay. Um, she's losing it so that's that all right lauren i'll talk to you next week fabulous not one minute before then and not one minute after good good night Night and and leave us us alone please help me Thanks so much for listening. Listen to Learning with Lauren and Mary wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's a topic you're interested in learning about, email us at learning at laurenandmary.com. Or find us on Instagram 
at Learning with Lauren and Mary.